Hi friend and welcome. If you are tuning in the first time, my name is Yadaga Tedros and I'm the host of the Idea of Us podcast, a podcast with the aim to highlight good. Through this podcast, I want to provide a home, a platform and a community that listens, share their thoughts and uplift each other. And in that manner, we will today discuss the very important topic of toxic positivity. I saw a beautifully constructed post about that topic on Instagram. I believe the Instagram handle is called Sarah McDonald Artist. I will share it and provide resources for you to check that post out as well. The context and the art captured my mind and soul immediately. I shared it with my community on Instagram and it actually resonated with a lot of people. So I thought it only makes sense to research more about it and to discuss this. And today, I will share my perspective and research about it. And I hope that it all inspires us to answer the question, how are you doing as honest as possible? And I hope you will enjoy it. So before I dive into the definition of toxic positivity, I would like to start with the elephant in the room. Would you say you are guilty of it? I can wholeheartedly say yes. And almost to the point that I would say I'm an advocate for it. Once I heard the term, I actually felt attacked and I got defensive. So I want you to take a moment now and think about how you and your reaction was or is. And I would love if you would share it with me. So uh, what is the definition of today's topic, toxic positivity? The one that stood out for me the most was that toxic positivity is inauthentic happiness. Or another way of describing it would be toxic positivity is pretending that everything's okay and fine if it's not. Until I saw this post this year, I've never heard the term. And according to the Science of People Lab, I know a statistic, (laughs) I'm not alone. Their study shows that 75% of the participants have never heard of the term. And even though I've never heard about it, I actually knew exactly what it meant. Another study or another statistic that I would like to share of the Science of People Lab is that also 75% of the participants said that they sometimes often or very often ignore their emotions in favor of being happy. For me, that clearly showed this topic is relevant and necessary for my vision of an ideal community. So how does it show up? Specifically in phrases that we use, the words are better nor maybe against ourselves or towards others. For instance, after a bad event or negative experience, we say things like, stay positive, stop being negative, you will get over it, or only if you would do this, or, and that's the worst one for me, well, at least. (laughs) The issue here is that although we assume that we are solving something with this behavior, we might be even making it worse. Problems can get bigger than smaller, we might bottle them up, and we explode, or we are being consumed by it. I believe, and again, this is this is my perspective that I'm sharing with you guys here, is that through suppressing our emotions, we become unaligned with ourselves because we pretend to be something that we are not. If I think about it, when did I ever felt happy when I was unaligned? My answer to it, this is never. In the beginning, I mentioned that I was, or am, almost an advocate for toxic positivity. I believe this mindset was shaped by the most challenging time to date in my life. That was when my father passed away in 2004. This was like something I've never experienced. I felt my heart, my sanity being ripped out of my body. I still to this date can't really comprehend it and I always think that my father is just one call away. My reaction towards it, however, was quite logical. 
At that time, I looked at my family. I saw chaos, of course, because this is something that definitely creates instability. And I believed that my role now was to be responsible and to keep this together. An English expression for that would be to run a tight ship. So I was ready to run a tight ship. I want to highlight that no one gave me this role, nor this responsibility. I took it upon myself to solve something that was actually unsolvable to begin with. I smiled through the pain. I pushed through. I did what I believed was right. I did not show that I was hurt, nor that I was grieving. I ignored it to the point that I was numb. I was telling myself exactly those phrases. Push through, look at the bright side, at least this, or only if you would do then that. And the same things that I told myself, I told my friends and family. I did not give them the room to rent, did not give them the room to share their sadness or negative emotions. It translated into being not the friend that I could have been. Because whoever came to me with their problems, I was ready to listen to you, but not prepared to comfort you. I was here to solve problems, and I perfected the game. Tears were for me a sign of weakness, and life was testing me, and I was about to take this challenge head on. I also believed that I had to protect my family. So if I cried, my sister and my mother would cry too. I wanted to avoid that by any means. So if I pretend everything is fine, everything will be fine, right? Wrong. (laughs) At least for me, this strategy worked for a while. So the grief, anger and sadness that I had held inside of me grew so much that it consumed me. And after years of smiling and pushing through the pain... I started losing myself in this process. I started disliking people, really being negative, blaming others, not liking to get out of bed at one point anymore, and neglected important things. I started failing, exactly the thing that I wanted to avoid the most. I was isolating myself, not speaking about what was going on in my life, and the castle that I have built suddenly did not have the foundation I believed, and it crashed. It took a toll on me. It took a toll on me emotionally mentally and physically. I was shattered. At that point, I understood there's no way out. I have to go through these emotions whether I like it or not. I had to feel grief, had to feel sadness, and had to feel anger. So at this point, it was impossible to suppress my emotions. They took over and forced me to deal with it. And the people that I actually wanted to protect the most, meaning my mother and my sister, were the ones that helped me through this process by understanding me and giving me the space to grieve. So when I read the term toxic positivity, I read guilty, but without carrying guilt. I'm proud of this step. But anyways. I wanted to understand this concept and learn more about it. And I believe many people feel the same way. Without testing this assumption... I never had as many reactions towards an Insta story as I had when I shared this post. So I started to research a bit about it and I wanted to know where does that actually come from. And there are many philosophies or beliefs where we might understand or translate their messages into contributing to toxic positivity. And I want to discuss one that I have seen often in that context, which is Stoicism. Stoicism is a philosophy founded by Zeno from Cyprus around 300 BC and is based on the values, virtue, tolerance and self-control. Zeno from Cyprus was a wealthy businessman who lost it all because he was shipwrecked in Athens, far away from his home. So he then walked into a bookstore where he read about Socrates, a Greek philosopher, 
and was inspired to learn more about philosophy and created his life's work, which is now known as the philosophy of Stoicism. I want to emphasize here a bit on the part of self-control. So Stoics believe that suffering comes from the belief that we have power over things we actually cannot control. So they recommend us focusing on the things that we can control, which would be our reaction to, to those things, and that we do that in a more rational manner. I want to share here some quotes of Stoicism that highlight the essence of it and that I believe contribute a little bit to toxic positivity. For instance, I want to start out with Marcos Aurelius, who said, Choose not to be harmed, and you won't feel harmed. Don't feel harmed, and you haven't been. In theory, this sounds very easy. In practice, this is for me impossible. Because it creates the belief that I have control over my emotions, which I might have to a certain extent and for a specific time, but that's about it. And as I mentioned before, I tested this theory, and it did not work out for me very well. I also believe that it makes you insensitive, because in a way through feeling emotions like pain or hurt, we have guidelines for treating others. We understand our views better and we can show more empathy and compassion, because we acknowledge that those emotions are valid and real. Another quote that I would like to discuss here is from Epictetus, which says, People are not disturbed by things, but by the views they take of them. Both quotes are obviously very similar. But this one for me adds another factor to the debate. Is not being disturbed a sign for me that something is off? Is it not my defense mechanism, my alarm clock, or my internal 911 call? If everything would be purely depend on my view on things, which is to accept things that I cannot change, when do I know what will be too much? For instance, when do I know that boundaries are crossed or when it's necessary for me to protect myself from harm? Further, and specifically as a dreamer, how do I know that I can't change the current situation at hand? So how do I know when to accept something and when not? And another question that I have is, do we all believe in the same system? Then this concept might work, because we have the same set of values, like I mentioned before, in Stoicism that are tolerance, respect, equality, and virtue. And don't get me wrong, I love those values, as I agree that it contributes to being a good human being. But I can also see why stoicism is often mentioned in the context of toxic positivity. Because it creates the impression of, well, you, you need to accept it if you haven't accepted it. And it translates in, for me into, you have to be happy even though you're sad. Because you can't change it anyways. On the other hand, I believe that we have to understand the context as well. Zeno from Cyprus had gone through extreme hardship, and this might have influenced his perspective on the world and his philosophy. And if we really, if we are really honest, in those moments where we have to face extreme hardship, positivity and acceptance can help us through those moments and times. So the bigger question is, what is the fine line between toxic and not toxic positivity? I also want to take a moment here and emphasize that I'm not saying to only base everything of your emotions. And I'm not saying to ignore them. I'm also not saying that stoicism is right or wrong. I leave that up to you to make your own decision. I'm also aware that focusing on your reaction towards things you can't control is probably good advice. Because it's crucial that we understand that problems are a part of life. 
Here I would like to share with you <laughs> the 81st lesson of Buddhism that I find perfect. It's about a farmer who shows who shares his issue with Buddha uh, about his wife and is uh, struggling with his crop and that things are not turning out the way he wants. So <clears throat> he shares that with Buddha and Buddha responds and says, with those 83 problems that you have, I can't help you. And uh, the farmer responded, so what is this all about then? <laughs> what, why am I sharing that information with you if you cannot help me at the end? And Buddha responds and says, I can help you with your 84th problem, which is the belief that you should not have any. So Stoicism, as well as Buddhism, highlights the importance of acceptance. And I 100% agree that things we have to accept, but how and when is for me the more important question. I think it's okay to have emotions about something because I think that it shows me how important something is to myself. It also warns me that something is off and maybe that I need to reflect or take a step back or even to set boundaries. I want to learn to use them better and to understand the why behind them. So we talked about the problem. Now what's the alternative? <laughs> so in my opinion or what my research, what I found in my research, I think the most important thing uh, is to to rephrase what we say. In the beginning, I mentioned a couple of uh, a couple of examples, like saying, "Oh well, it could be worse," or "Look at the bright side," and so and so on. Instead of saying that, we can also say, "I understand how you're feeling, and I'm here for you." But that also means when we provide support for our loved ones, we should listen and really try to understand what are they looking for in that moment. Are they looking for comfort, a solution, or maybe even both? Through that, we create a space where we can show up as we are and are comfortable with someone saying, well, actually, thank you for asking, but I'm not doing well. And also create a space for ourselves to answer those questions honestly. Further, I don't think ever in, in the history of mankind, the problem was solved by ignoring it. I'm probably wrong, but you know what I mean. <laughs> so I understand emotions not as a problem, but as a signal that I have to deal with something. So if, if you give space for yourself and others, you give space for healing. Lastly, I believe that the magic ingredient is time. Basically, it is your journey and after a negative event, we decide how we deal with it and if or when we accept it. Now, we are already at the end of this show and I know and admit that this is a topic where you can research much more about it and probably invest a lifetime of work in understanding, explaining and sharing it correctly. This was my high-level view on this very important topic, and I hope you enjoyed it. My wish for all of us today is to take one thing with us, which is we don't have to fake smile. Smile if you feel like smiling, and don't if you don't feel like it. As in the 84th lesson of Buddhism, yes, acceptance is important, but you decide the timing of it. Use the emotions as guidelines. They are too important to ignore. Focus on being aligned with yourself and give space for others to do the same. Let's rephrase our wording towards others and especially towards ourselves. We generally are our harshest critics, although we shouldn't be, which translates into being harsh critics towards others, which we shouldn't be as well. In the words and the best quote that I ever heard in regard to this topic of Mahmoud Kidir, who gave a TED talk about it, I want to end this show today, which was that all vibes matter. Please, I would love to hear your thoughts uh, about this show today. Uh, please share them with me on Instagram. You can find me at the idea of us that pot. I hope this was valuable for you. I wish you as always much love and light. Yadaka. <laughs>